0: Well, good morning. It is week three. It's good to be back again. <laughs> this uh, first service, all of my kids and my wife were in the front row, so it was like the cutest row in the whole in the whole place. It's still, I'll say, it still is the cutest row in the whole place. No offense to um, other rows, but it's um, it's fun. Our kids got. Voluntold, I think, to go help in kid ministry this morning. So they're up with, uh, up, up with Jenny and, and working with the kids this morning. And uh, it's just good. We have enjoyed getting to be able to be part of this community, watch our kids and be, not only be invested in, but then now uh, invest in others is, um, is really fun. So we are in week two of a series we're calling Leaning In. And, and just to kind of like remind ourselves, and for some of us, we've lived lives and we've had seven days since the last time we talked about, maybe, about this, and we forget what leaning in or maybe what the concept is. And it's this idea that, that there is this invitation that we're given, that there is these moments. And, and the cool thing is we can look at other people's stories and we can kind of like take a step back and say, well, this is their lean in, lean out moment, right? And kind of let ourselves off the hook for a second as Jesus has conversations with people where it's, are you gonna take me seriously? And we're gonna have a conversation. Sometimes it starts with a question that, that someone brought to Jesus and he begins to walk them through to the answer that then now requires something of them. And so they have the question, am I going to lean in or am I going to lean out? Am I going to lean in and take Jesus seriously? I'm going to take him up on the invitation. And I'm going to, to lean in or am I going to let myself off the hook and lean out and just kind of move on with life as it was before? Leaning in, we're going to talk this week kind of to give a foundation for what leaning in looks like. Big picture for us this week is, is that leaning in is, is proactive, not reactive. Right? Leaning in is us saying we're going to make a decision about what we really want And we're going to live towards that thing instead of just coming to every moment in our lives and just trying to make the best reaction that we can, right? Trying to make the best decision that we can. That before we make our next choice, that we're going to make the big choice. And we're actually going to live towards something. I'm going to make this big choice and then allow that big choice to become the framework for future decisions. For us as a people, for us as human beings, Living proactively is not always the simplest thing, right? The, the, to live proactively, say, I'm going to live towards this, that, that I'm gonna use this as a, a consistent framework for the way I'm going to live my life. Uh, there's two key challenges to living proactively. The first is that we're actually pretty good at. By this point in our lives, we've probably gotten good at living reactively where it's like nobody's going to get mad at us. We're not going to rock anybody, any, any boats by, by reacting well to things that come our way, right? To actually say, well, this is the situation. I'm just going to do the very best I can to make the best decision in this moment that I can. That's not going to get us in trouble. Reacting keeps us out of trouble, right? We are like hardwired to try and figure out how to react in a way that keeps us out of trouble. To live proactively, to say I'm going to live towards something, that I'm going to actually make a big decision about the the framework and foundation of my life. I'm going to make a, a decision about the way I'm going to live is going to create tension, right? Because all of a sudden we're making a decision that maybe some things in our lives are now incompatible with the decision that we've made. Maybe there's some other hard choices that we're going to have to make. That living in a proactive way, making the big choice and then following that up with the kinds of choices that support that decision is going to create tension in our lives, Challenge number two of living proactively is that we're in the middle of the story, right? For most of us, unless we're a teeny tiny baby, we are in the middle of our story. We have already started to make decisions. We've already started to kind of put cement around the bricks in our lives where where there's certain things that feel like they're just locked in in our lives. And now we're trying to choose maybe a different path, that we're in the middle of the story and it's hard to make a new kind of choice, to live in a new direction, to live in a new kind of way when we're living in the middle of the story, to live proactively, to make a big decision in the middle of the story requires us letting go of some things. It requires us to take hold of some other things, right? And that's hard to do in the middle, right? Because all of a sudden we realize that, that some of the decisions that we've made, some of the things that we've been doing, some of the way that we've been living our lives is, is going to be incompatible and it's going to create tension, and so there's this tendency, if you talk about the lean-in, lean-out moment for ourselves, there's this tendency to say, I'm going to lean in until it really starts to cost me. I'm going to lean in until it actually requires me to let go of something I don't want to let go of or requires me to deal with something that's been true of my life for a long time and I just, I just don't want to deal with it. And then we find ourselves in that lean-out moment, right? So the lean-in, lean-out, proactive sounds great. It sounds like it's a, it's a good way to live. I want to live towards something until it starts to create tension, it still, until it starts to cost me something. It's hard to make that kind of decision in the middle of the story, but that's where we find ourselves. And so this morning, we're going to be looking at Luke uh, chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. And this is the story of Mary and Martha. And Luke records the story this way. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made and she came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answers, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. And Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken from her. Jesus and his disciples, verse 38, are on their way and they come to this home, they come to this village and there's this welcome hospitality in the house of Martha where she invites them and she invites them to to be present with her in her home. And then begins to make the preparations to get ready for this, this event that's happening in her house. So as Jesus and the disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. Martha, by the way, is off to a good start. Right, The story is, is going to be hard for Martha as, as it unfolds. But, but she seems to be starting pretty well. Jesus is in her village and she invites him into her home. And in verse 39, she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. So now we have two moments. We're going to start looking at two different stories. These, these two women, Mary and Martha, kind of side by side experiencing the same moment. They both have Jesus in their home, right? They're, that they're there present, that, that Jesus is with them. And Martha, we're going to see her story in a second begin to unfold. But here's Mary sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to what Jesus is saying. And then Martha, verse 40, but Martha all right, this is a contrast, but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. And she came to him, to Jesus, and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work all by myself? Tell her to help me. We see in this moment that inviting Jesus into her home, right, Martha having made the invitation saying, Jesus, come to my home and, and, and be present with us, that, that that the invitation and the attention to God aren't, or to Jesus aren't always the same thing, right? That, that Jesus has been invite, invited into her home and she says, come and spend time with me. And yet she's distracted and pulled in so many different kinds of directions. So much so, in the midst of this story, the one thing that Martha says we could call it a prayer, right? This is Martha talking to God in the person of Jesus Christ, that, that she's now saying something, like our prayers reveal a whole lot about the way we believe, that we can reveal a whole lot about what we actually feel about God, about the way we see ourselves in a relationship with Him, that, that Martha, as she speaks to Jesus, begins to reveal something that's going on in her heart that, that shows that the outcome is not going well for her. All right, she begins to speak and she says, Lord, Don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. This is a prayer, quite literally. This is someone talking to God. And it sounds like some of the prayers that we pray sometimes, doesn't it? Where we come and we come in almost breathlessly frustrated and we come in and we're like, God, don't you realize what has been going on? Right? Maybe we even start, like like Martha started saying, God, don't you even care Right? I'm not getting what I want. This outcome is not going the way I'd like it to go. And there's so much that I'm being pulled in, so many different directions. There's so many things I'm trying to accomplish. And I come to God and I'm, and I'm praying and it's, don't you even care? That, that in the midst of the distraction, in the midst of the busyness and the hurry and everything else, that, that the context is, it has started to actually make Martha not even be able to even see what's, what's true about God, what's true about Jesus. And she actually begins with, with questioning Jesus and then she doesn't just question Jesus, then she turns it and makes it into a comparison between her and Mary, right? This is kind of the fruit of, of a life that's lived by and marked by distractions and marked by being pulled in so many different directions instead of focusing on the one thing. That Martha's prayer starts with don't you care, starts with questioning Jesus, and then it, it turns into a comparison. Don't you realize, first of all, what someone else has done to me? Don't you realize what's happening to me? Don't you realize that, that this other person has, has made all sorts of mistakes, and it seems like they're getting what I want, and I'm not getting what I want. It starts with questioning God, it, begin, it leads into making it a comparison, and then it moves into then us, just like Martha, telling God what we think he should do. And by the way, um, these are all signs of trouble. This is not a model of a prayer that you'd want to use as like your regular devotion time, right? There's, there are good models of prayer, and Jesus actually, next week we're going to be looking at that. There are good models of prayer. This is not a good model of prayer. This is Martha, very focused on herself, very focused on the con- of controlling the situation, very focused on this outcome that's not going the way she wants it to go. These are all signs of trouble, but we can't always see it when, when we're in the midst of it. And that's why it's helpful to look at somebody else's story when we're in the middle of our story to, to pause and take a step back and say, is this true of my life? Right? What, what, what do my prayers look like? Do my prayers sound anything like this? Is this a pattern that, that's beginning to reveal itself in my life as well? And then the beautiful thing is that the conversation doesn't stop when Martha questions Jesus. The conversation doesn't stop when, when the fruit of the decisions that Martha has been making with the, with the distractions and with the doing and the, and the trying to set things up instead of actually just being present with Jesus. That, that Jesus doesn't reject her. and He doesn't move on. He doesn't rebuke her in the kind of way that doesn't allow her to have a redemptive conversation with him. Instead, Jesus in verse 41 says, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, You are worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed," he said. "Actually, indeed, only one, and Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her." Jesus, in some ways, um, is having a conversation there. He's like, you just, "You just need to focus on what really matters. To begin to actually start with the a, a, a situation where you, Martha, you're you're losing your grip because you think you're in control." Right? Martha is losing her grip on a preferred future. It's an issue of control that's starting to reveal itself and and a lack of trust in what's actually happening in the room right where she's in. Julie and I, when we had kids, I'm getting a smile here, so I think I'm safe to tell this story, right? Um, When we had little kids, and our kids are super sweet. I, I hope you've gotten a chance to meet them. They're fantastic. But when they were little, they were little kids, right? Who they actually make sounds and they get frustrated with each other and they do those things. And can remember our world was very busy at one point in our lives, and well many points in our lives. And we would do this thing where, like, it would be utter chaos. It would feel like in our house. These little high-pitched little girl voices, like, playing princesses and fighting with each other and, you know, arguing and doing all these things. And we would do this thing where it was like, okay, there's a whole world happening kind of out here, but we're just going to be, like, just give me your eyes, right? It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Actually, at that point is when we, on one road trip, um, came up with an invention idea. If somebody wants to make a whole lot of money, putting like the limousine glass that you have where you can, in a minivan, right? This is brilliant. Like, like, sh- they're going to be okay, and we're just going to like mom and dad have the front seats, and the kids are going to be in the, in the back, and they can just kind of like have it out back there, and we're just going to like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay, right? This is Jesus saying like, Martha, Martha, give me your eyes. There's a whole lot of stuff going on around you. Let's just focus for a moment. Let's, let's start to unpack what's really happening. And, and Jesus begins as he's diagnosing, as he's walking through the issue, as he's walking through the problem, he starts with the outcome, right? The most immediate and pressing frustration that Martha has is, is with the way things feel in that moment. And so Jesus just pauses and he puts his finger right on. He says, look, you are worried and distracted and upset about so many things, right? Jesus is saying, let's, let's just own the moment. Let's own the outcome that it's it just not going the way you thought it was going to go, right? Martha, when you invited us into your home, when you, in, when you opened your home to us, you did not expect that it was going to lead to frustration, right? You probably had some preferred future in mind. And it's just not going well. Let's just be honest about the way that's, that's actually playing out. He says, you are worried and upset about many things. The fruit, the outcome, is, is not what you had hoped for. But, but Jesus, in his goodness and his grace, doesn't just talk about the outcomes. He begins to trace it back and say, let's actually take a look at where the problem started. Let's actually talk about the, where the problem actually began. That Jesus begins to walk her back to where the trouble actually started is there's so many things that could be distracting. There are so many things that, that could pull your attention. There are so many things that, that you could be focused on, but there is a one thing, right? There is a thing that matters that's more important, that, that's worthy of your attention, that's worthy of your affection, and, and you just haven't yet chosen it, but Mary has. So there's many things, but there's only one thing that really matters. Jesus saying, look, it all hangs on this one big thing choice, where is your attention going to be? And then he says, and Mary, this is Jesus getting away with because he's Jesus saying, look, you're mad at Mary, and I'm going to actually tell you that she's right. <laughs> Mary has chosen what is better. In some of our translations that we have, uh, is translated that Mary has chosen the good portion Jesus saying not all options are equal, that there is actually a better way, that, that Martha, you've been trying to be in control, That you've been doing all these kinds of things, but that's one way to do it, but then there's, you know, there's one way and then there's the right way, that, that this is the right way. There is a better way. And then Jesus says, and it will not be taken from her. There is a better way and there is a better outcome. One that's not driven by fear, that's not driven by uncertainty, that, that's not driven by trying to do everything you can to control the situation, to, to make sure that you feel like you're as prepared as possible for Jesus to make an appearance in your house. So much so that you've actually begun to miss the moment of Jesus being present with you. Jesus says the, the reality is the choices that you've made, the way that you've been going about this thing, is, is backwards right? That, that you are doing all of these things to try and be ready, that you're doing all of the doing that you're doing. I think I got that right, actually. I think I did. That's great. Um, but that's flowing and in, in, in trying to earn a relationship with me, where Jesus says, what if you did what Mary's doing? You sit at my feet and you listen and then let your doing flow out of that relationship, not to try and earn the relationship. Right, wouldn't that look a whole lot different? Wouldn't that be a whole lot less fearful and a whole lot, more, uh, a whole lot less anxiety-filled? Doing that flows out of relationship with Jesus instead of doing for or doing to earn that relationship with Jesus. In this story, it's a short little passage of Scripture that's that's tucked between some really memorable pieces of Scripture where we talk about the Good Samaritan and we talk about Jesus teaching on prayer. And in so many ways, it's it's Jesus, as, as Luke records the story, has just showed the disciples and showed those around what you should do. And then Jesus says, but don't just do, right? You also have to stay close. You also have to be with me. But there's these two approaches, Mary and Martha, with, with two distinct outcomes. And you have Mary, she's starting with, with sitting at Jesus' feet and she's listening to what Jesus has to say. And then you, say, you have Martha who's, who's busy with all sorts of things. It's distracted by the many, many things, by the all the things. And then she comes and the outcome and the fruit of that is this frustration and this, this questioning of Jesus and this frustration with the way things are going. These two distinct paths that that didn't start with the problem being at the outcome, or the the problem wasn't just the outcome, the problem was with how it started, with the the choice to, with with the way you're going to deal with Jesus' presence, and then the choices that flowed from that one major choice. And so this morning, we are invited to lean in as we continue in the series, and we're invited to, 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 as a church and as individuals who make up this church, to to, to listen to a story like this and say, so what am I going to do with this? Am I going to lean in or am I going to lean out? What does that look like? And this morning, the first thing is that leaning in means making a choice, right? That that we have to make a choice that are we going to live for something specific or are we going to simply react to everything that comes our way? Jesus, present among us, will we live, live towards him or will we just try to react well towards everything that comes our way? I wrote in my notes that that reacting is often the path of least resistance, that reacting can keep us out of trouble, but it won't usually get us where we want to go, right? Reacting is a, a good way to tread water. It's not a good way to get across the river. Proactive will cause tension, but it will take us somewhere. Leaning in means making a choice, making the, the big choice between it's saying, this is how I'm going to live my life, that, that whatever comes after this and whatever decisions that come, whatever choices come, whatever circumstances come out of this moment or after this moment, that, that this has now become the foundation and the framework for the way that I'm going to live my life. So leaning in means making a choice and leaning in means making choices. Right, that it's not just one choice, but as great as it would be if we could just simply come and settle it once and for all, make one decision, then, and then go on autopilot. Life doesn't work that way. Our spiritual lives don't work that way. Leaning in means making choices. That it's not just one choice, but it starts with one choice. But then there's choices that we're going to make this afternoon. There's going to be choices that we make this week. There's going to be choices that we make as, as we talk about the way our lives uh, line up and what our lives are aligned to. In this story... We see three major choices. One is this uh, choice between getting ready for Jesus and living in relationship with him. This is Martha where Jesus has now entered into her story where he's actually present in her home and she's having to make a decision about what she's going to do with that. And she spends her time trying to clean up her house, right? She's trying to do everything she can to, to get her world ready for Jesus. And Jesus is saying, I'm, I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm right here starting right where we are. It's a choice between a flurry of activity and the distractions that come with that and then hearing Jesus say, and stay close, right? This is the good portion. This is the thing that, 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 that's the better way that's, that's going to get you the kind of outcome that you're hoping to get. It's a choice between getting ready for Jesus and, and living in relationship with him. It's a choice between a flurry of activity and hearing Jesus stay, say, just stay close, be with me. And third, it's a choice between speaking and listening? And this is when the choices start to actually bear fruit. This is when the the, the things start to come out of us based on the decisions that we've made up to that point. Or can we actually sit with Jesus and listen to him speak, right? Do our prayers reflect more of Martha's accusations of, of, of Jesus not caring about her? Or do our prayers have some component, our time with God have some component of just saying, God, what is it you're trying to teach me? Now, what is it you're trying to teach me? Look, my circumstances are not ideal. Is there something that I should be learning from this? God, is this pain that I'm going through trying to, try, are you trying to teach me something in that? God, when I read your word, is, is there something you're trying to tell me in the midst of this thing? Is there something that I need to hear? Instead of coming to God and just simply asking the questions and maybe making the accusations and playing comparisons and all the things that go with that, it's a choice between speaking and listening. Jesus showed Martha the better way. And the better way leads to a better outcome. And so this morning, we are invited to lean in. We're invited to listen to this story, to to be able to kind of step out of our world where we're right in the middle of our stories and look at somebody else's story and say, is there something that I can learn? What is it that I'm invited to after this? What is it that that God is inviting me to, to live differently now because of what I've learned this morning? And I kind of put a, put a framework on the, the last piece of this message is that the beautiful thing about this story, the beautiful thing about this story is that there is no moment in this story where Jesus gave up on Martha. You notice that? That there's no moment that when Martha comes and she gets it totally wrong and she's made a huge mess of the whole situation and she's to the point now where she's even frustrated, it seems like, based on the words that she's saying, that she's even frustrated and questioning whether or not Jesus even cares about her this has gone downhill and it has turned into something that it's a very very difficult situation but there's no moment in this story where jesus gives up on martha he gives her perspective and then he offers her a chance once again with perspective in the middle of her story while things are not going well while things have been turned into a mess while well it feels like everything's falling apart for her to the point where she's now speaking accusations against jesus christ as she's as he's in her house He gives her this new perspective and then he offers her this chance to make a choice once again drawing out based on the outcomes and saying let's back this up can we get this right martha for us it's hard to make the choice in the middle of our story and so it's helpful for us to see somebody else in the middle of their story so we can watch how they move forward as hard as it is to make the choice in the middle of our story sometimes We need to be in the middle of our story. We actually have to start to own the outcomes. We have to start seeing the fruit of the decisions that we made before we're actually willing to trust God enough to say, look, I've already made a mess of this thing. Sometimes we have to be in the middle to make the choice. We've actually had to start seeing the results. We've had to start having to deal with the fruit of our previous choices. But Jesus doesn't give up on Martha and Jesus doesn't give up on us. And that's good news. And so this morning we are offered this opportunity to lean in and we're invited to make the choice for some of us. It's very possible that we have lived for a long, long time trying to get ready for Jesus to be present in our lives. Right, that we've, we've come and we've realized that we have made a mess of our world, that there are decisions that we have made that have just wrecked things for us, that, that when we look at our lives, we're like, this doesn't look anything like what I wanted my life to look like, that, that when I set out on this road and I started what I thought was doing okay and, and reacting and making the best kinds of decisions that I could make, all of a sudden I realize I have got myself in such a huge, huge mess. And we look at this and we're like, well, now I've made a mess and before God could accept me, before Jesus would ever be willing to step into my life, before there's any kind of, kind of reconciliation that could happen, that I've got to figure out a way to clean this thing up. Right? And so in some ways, it's like Martha still cleaning her house while Jesus is already there. And So we're invited this morning to make the choice if we've been trying to get ready for Jesus if we've been trying to clean up our world, if we've been trying to to put ourselves in in a position where we feel confident enough to actually speak to Jesus, to actually ask him to to be present with us, to, to actually be present in our lives, to ask him for salvation, to ask him to come in and be Lord and Savior, to actually begin to put the broken pieces back together again, to make something beautiful out of the mess that we have made. That the good news is we can stop trying to clean it all up That when we're doing the preparations, when we're doing all this work, that it's in this story what we see is Jesus saying, I'm right here. I'm right here. You don't have to keep cleaning your house, Martha. You don't have to keep trying to impress me with the way you're putting things together. I am here. For some of us, we need to make that decision. We need to actually entrust our lives to Jesus Christ. To say, look, I have made a mess of this thing and I am not wanting to be the Lord of my life anymore. I cannot do this. God, here's my life. Would you start putting it back together again? Would you step into the throne of my life? Maybe, for those of us who've been spending our time trying to get ready for Jesus, we need to hear him say, I'm right here, I'm with you. And then we make the choices. This is us dealing with our need to control things. This is us dealing with our natural tendencies to be control freaks. So we make the big choice and then we make the choices that support that choice. Dealing with our need for control and this is what we're seeing with Martha that as things get worse that she begins to tighten control that that she holds on even tighter and even tighter. We know this is true because when Jesus says, look, you are anxious and and, and, and worried about so many things, you're holding on so tight. He says, look, Mary has made a choice that she's not going to, that it's not going to be taken from her, that she doesn't have to hold on so tightly because it's holding on to her. And so we make the choices, we deal with our need for control, and so for some of us that might look like we have allowed ourselves to fall into a flurry of activity, all sorts of things, and all sorts of distractions that have pulled us in so many different directions that we're not even sure we feel all that close to God anymore. That maybe what we need to hear is Jesus speaking to Martha and, and letting that, let that speak and echo into our lives where it says, look, you are so busy, you're so drawn in so many different directions, you're so worried and anxious and all this stuff because you haven't made the big choice and you haven't made the choices that support it. So flurry, we move from a flurry of activity to simply hearing Jesus say, stay close, stay close, stay with me, stick with me. We move from a flurry of activity to stay close so that we make the choices where we move from speaking to listening, where maybe we take some time and instead of just simply praying and and telling God all the things that we want God to do and all the conditions that we're going to place on him as we think about the life that we'd like to live if God would step into it and do what we want him to do. We move from speaking to listening that we carve out time in our lives. We spend time in scripture. We spend time in prayer. That's not just us doing the talking, but when we submit to the text and we say, God, you preserve this, your word for us for a reason. What is it you're trying to teach me? What is it that you want me to learn? What is it you're trying to say? What does your voice even sound like? And we spend time listening to what God says through his word. And instead of just speaking all the time, instead of us trying to be in control of the situation, instead of us setting the parameters for the conversation, we just say, God, what is it you're trying to do? What do you want me to learn? How can I be who you want me to be? And we move from speaking to listening. And we move and we make a choice from worried and upset, right? That our hands gripped onto this preferred future, that that we hold onto this and we're losing control and it doesn't feel like it's going to go the direction that we want. That that we make the choice. And we move from worried and upset to it will not be taken away. Move from holding on to being held. And that might change everything for some of us, right? That might change everything to allow the doing to flow out of the being with Christ, to allow the flurry of activity to not be the most important thing, but to stay close, to, to listen instead of speaking, and to live lives marked by the choice and the choices that we are invited to make as we lean in. Let's pray. God, I thank you this morning that you meet us right where we are. God, that for some of us as we walk through our lives and we can, maybe not every piece of Martha's story, but there are components of the story that just resonate with us. Or there's things, whether it's the flurry of activity or the frustration or the the dealing with the broken outcomes and wanting to find a better way. God, I pray you'd give us the courage to, to allow you to begin to change that for us. That we'd be willing to allow you to do your work in us so that, that when we go out and we, we live our lives, that they're marked by different kinds of things, that, that the outcomes are better because the process is better, because we're living in a better way. And God, I pray. God, I pray specifically for those among us this morning that haven't yet made the big choice. Now we're coming here for a reason. We recognize that our lives are a mess that we've been trying to figure out a way to clean ourselves up, or we've been trying to figure out a way to, 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 to fill the gap between what could be and, and what is. God, we've come up short every single time. God, I pray that we could see that you're right here with us. God, that we could find freedom in that kind of moment. And then, God, that we'd have the courage to to speak that. That we'd have the courage to allow other people to walk with us. God, instead of trying to do all the work we think we need to do to clean our lives up, we just simply stay close. Recognize your presence with us. Surrender the lordship of our lives. And then let let our choices flow out of that one big choice. God, thank you for meeting us right where we are. God, thank you for not giving up on us. Thank you for your goodness, for your grace, and for your mercy. And we pray these things in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, one who makes all of this possible, and the one who is calling us forward, who's inviting us to lean in. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.